Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Now nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. And welcome back. This time we go to the 1980s. A nice find because it ties together a number of names who were a part of the KCBS broadcast team in the 80s. First, the name of the program you're about to hear, Jan Black's Journal. Well, it was a KCBS news magazine program hosted by Jan Black, who spent many years as the afternoon anchor on KCBS. I'm proud to say I worked with her for a number of those. Jan is a member of the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame now in her retirement years. At the time, she was away from her program, Jan Black's Journal, because she was on maternity leave. So the fill-in host, also named Jan, was Jan Hutchins, himself the host of a regular evening interview program on KCBS. This particular broadcast, dating to April 27, 1988, originated from the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, and the topic was San Jose and Santa Clara Valley history. The guests were two people who really had a lot to say about it. One of them was Harry Farrell, the longtime San Jose Mercury reporter and political writer. The other was Bob Hallman. And Bob was a longtime Bay Area broadcast journalist. He'd served for years on KNTV in San Jose. He was a weather forecaster. He was a street reporter. And he was an all-around fascinating guy. Bob died too young, just about three years after this broadcast that you'll be hearing on today's podcast. Uh, at the age of 49, Bob was gone by 1991. But his years at KCBS were quite memorable. He was the morning traffic and weather anchor. Now, you know, we split those duties up, but Bob did both. Uh, because he really did understand weather. He'd spent years as a television weather forecaster. And Bob really enjoyed the idea of being the voice of the commuter. He understood that commute patterns. He understood the way the Bay Area had grown up. He was a horseman. He was involved in rodeos. For a while, Bob lived on a boat at Bolina Bay in Alameda in the marina there. He called it the KCBS weather ship, and I think there probably was some tax implication because every now and again, Bob would take the boat out on the bay and do some weather forecasts in the afternoon. And in one memorable story I'll tell about Bob, uh, one day coming up on Groundhog Day, we got to kidding around about how we thought of Groundhog Day as the national weatherman's holiday. You know, Groundhog Day, does the groundhog see a shadow and that whole thing. So one thing led to another. And before we knew it, on the air, without any authorization from management or even any consultation with management, we had created a contest. And we called it the KCBS Groundhog Day Art, Music, and Poetry Contest or something like that. We told people, write a poem, make a work of art, do something, send it in, we'll decide the winners. And then we began to get the calls from management saying, you can't just stage a contest on radio. There are lots of rules, and some of them can get the station's license in trouble. So we 
had to come up with some actual rules. And my recollection of the way it all ended was somebody had created a sculpture of a groundhog out of paper mache or something. We had judged that to be the winner. And on the magic day, we, Bob Hallman, me, and a few other of the newsroom folks, got into our finest. I recall wearing a tuxedo, and Bob wore a tuxedo. We got into a limousine <laughs> and were transported from the KCBS studios at one Embarcadero Center in San Francisco to Beanie's, which is no longer around. It was a kind of a dive bar near the old produce terminal north of downtown San Jose, where they used to make the milk sh- or make the uh, martinis in one of those milkshake cans, and they'd you know shake it and then bring it to the table and these were stiff drinks. Uh, so it's a good thing that we had a limousine to take us down to San Jose and back up to San Francisco. I have no recollection as to how either of us got home after that, but it was a memorable day with Bob Holman, and he is part of what you're about to hear. This from April 27th, 1988, Chan Black's Journal, guest hosted by Jan Hutchins. Our guests are Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Holman, KCBS morning weather and traffic expert and longtime Santa Clara Valley resident and reporter. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Before we go back into history, let's talk about the present. We're broadcasting here from the lobby of the luxurious new Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, a symbol of the city's growth. How important and powerful is San Jose now? Bob? Well, San Jose is a very powerful and important city. I can remember uh, when United Airlines had the very first flight out of here to JFK in New York. And I had gone back on the flight, and uh, it was a one-a-day flight. Uh, we always had service, some sort of service between Los Angeles and here, but it was a United DC-8 to Kennedy. And on my return flight, they were calling the flight, and uh, they were announcing United, I don't remember the number of the flight, going to San Jose, California, nonstop service to San Jose, California. And there was a, f- a fellow standing next to me, he says, San Jose where? You know, he'd never <laughs> even heard of it. But that was before the Silicon Valley the, and the, you know, the eruption into high tech and all that. Uh, San Jose was well known around the world for a lot of things before then, but never the, the, uh, the, the way that it's uh, evolved now into this high tech mastery of, uh, of, of really United States uh, technology. Uh, we, you know, f- over the years, uh, were watching this place grow, and it was growing in a different form. When I started as a news reporter, which was in 1965, and all the way up through the 70s, agribusiness was the biggest mm-hmm. business in Santa Clara County. And it wasn't until the late 70s, really, that we finally you know, started to change. And, and in a way, uh, agribusiness was driven from the county. Uh, people, there were uh, some people who were in government and in power around here who didn't think that was a good image. And uh, as a result, uh, many canneries uh, left here. It wasn't just that the fruit were moved to the valley. It was also that the image of San Jose, uh, a lot of leaders felt, wasn't really put best forward by agriculture. Harry Farrell, who's with us today, was telling me, who was it when Khrushchev was here? Khrushchev visited here. Uh, what did they give him, Harry? Well, now, uh, Nikita Khrushchev came through here in uh, 1959 on his big, it was really one of the first um, breaks of the Cold War when a uh, leader of uh, Soviet Union would come to uh, California. And when he came through here, although he did uh, his main uh, uh goal here was to see the IBM plant, which was part of the new era. What they gave him was the traditional box of dried prunes. <laughs> now, that's 1959. <laughs> then you p- go about almost a quarter of, centu- of a century later, and Queen Elizabeth comes through, and of course they give her a computer. That's yeah. Or at least uh, Dave Packard gave her a computer. Dave Packard yeah. gave her a computer. But that was, that was the change and the significant change from giving the... Uh, uh, Nikita Khrushchev, the prunes, and then giving the, the queen a computer. So you, you can see how the change took place. Harry, 
uh, Bob talked about how um, the political leaders uh, had an influence on making the change and uh, controlling what San Jose became. Um, have politicians traditionally uh, been operating in the best interest of the valley? I think probably in the long haul, yes. I really do. Um, the, the one that always comes to mind when you're talking in this context is Dutch Hammond, who was city manager here from 1950 to, I'm guessing now, about 1969. He, he was about 19 years, and I think he was city manager longer than anyone else ever was. And he was uh, basically a salesman. And uh, he uh, took over the city uh, when it was, um, well, the population in the 1950 census was, and I can tell you in a minute, about 95,000. Mm. And uh, by the time he left in the 1970 census, it was uh, probably, just a second, got it here. He's looking at a book called uh, San Jose and Other Famous Places by, oh, a fellow named Harry Farrell. Um, <laughs> Strange yeah, author. And he doesn't even know where he's... 19, 1970, it was 445,000. So it had grown uh, four and a half times in that length of time. And now it's up to whatever, over 700,000. Yeah, approaching San and, um, I mean, San Francisco. Uh, Dutch had a lot to do with this because um, he was a salesman. He was a guy who wanted the city to grow. He uh, did not start, but he accelerated the great annexation movement we had here. They had annexations going at uh, uh, yeah, was, 15 or 20 a month. It was sometimes. San Jose Manifest Destiny. It was uh, just to see how far strip annexation uh, became an example of San Jose. You go to other places in California, and they'll often uh, cite uh, they don't want to become an example of what San Jose did. You would go down the Monterey Highway, and it would be the city of San Jose for 50 feet on each side of the street, and that was it. But uh, the Dutch... Hammond era and Ray Blackmore's chief of police, when they left, that really ended the, an era. Everything changed after that point. Uh, the city manager ran government in this in this uh, city. It wasn't the mayor, it wasn't the council, and there wasn't an elected mayor at that time. And so we'll talk about how that uh, transition took place and uh, try and bring ourselves up to date before we're through. Uh, as we're talking about the development of San Jose here on Jan Black's Journal, KCBS News Time, 212. Leonard Fields, Sears Auto Center Mechanic. People ask me, why should they have confidence in Sears? I say because of the kind of electronic equipment smaller shops can't afford. And because of great deals like this. Right now, Sears is having a tire bonanza, including steel-belted all-season Guardsman radial tires as low as $19.99 for the 13-inch size, including installation. A special purchase while quantities last. And, of course, there are Sears mechanics like me. We install confidence. James Garner on steaks. You heard about this left brain, right brain stuff? They take steak. The left brain is supposed to understand that in a balanced, varied diet, a lean, trim, three-ounce portion can easily fit within the leading dietary guidelines. That's logical. The right brain just knows it's good. That's emotional. Nice thing about sirloin. Makes the whole brain happy. Beef. Real food for real people. Sponsored by the Beef Industry Council and Beef Board. And weather-wise in the San Francisco Bay Area, partly cloudy this afternoon with highs in the 60s and 70s, a bit breezy out there. More clouds tonight through tomorrow morning, and we do have a chance of showers in the forecast. 66 degrees right now along the peninsula at SFO. It's 67 in San Jose and 63 degrees in downtown San Francisco. On your radio, 74 KCBS. This is Doug Moore. KNTV News has long been the number one choice for news in Santa Clara County. We cover the South Bay like no one else can. 
And now you can get all the news, weather, and sports for Santa Clara County at 5 o'clock because we've added a new addition to KNTV News. KNTV News at 5 is a complete report of the events that affect you and your community, plus the local weather and a wrap-up of sports. The news for Santa Clara County at a new time on KNTV News at 5. Then on KNTV at 5.30, get the complete picture from around the globe on ABC's World News Tonight with Peter Jennings. KNTV News at 6 follows with a complete news wrap-up. All the news, weather, and sports you want in a concise half-hour report. KNTV News, now at 5 and 6 on the San Jose News Channel. Midas would like to level with you. No one in the world can tell you how much a brake repair will cost in advance. Not until they thoroughly examine your brake system. But compare brake prices at Midas and you'll find value worth stopping for. Because Midas will install new organic brake shoes or pads, resurface the drums or rotors, inspect the hydraulic system, repack the front wheel bearings, replace the front grease seals if needed, and give your car a complete road test for just $69 per axle on most cars. Of course, your brakes may require more service than we do for that $69 price, and that will cost more. Either way, we'll give you a free brake inspection to tell you exactly what you need, and a free written estimate before the work is done. So remember, no one, not even Midas, can tell you the cost of a brake repair until they inspect your brakes. So stop by Midas today for a free brake inspection, because we don't think a brake repair should break you. Midas, your foreign and American car brake specialists. Welcome back to Jan Black's Journal. We're talking about the development of San Jose. Our guests are Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Hallman. You'll recognize him. He's the KCBS morning weather and traffic expert and longtime Santa Clara Valley resident and reporter. If you want to join our discussion, you can do so by calling toll-free 800-228-KCBS. Um, has San Jose developed in the way that you think it should have? You can please, uh, you're welcome to join us with your calls on that matter. When we left, we were talking about uh, the end of the Dutch Hammond era, which uh, you both said changed San Jose greatly. What's happened since then? What well, it's changed uh, dramatically, and there's a whole new cast of characters and a whole new way of playing ball. Uh, during the Hammond era, there was an organization called the Book of the Month Club, which I think Harry will remember, that was made up of the leaders of San Jose, the business community-type leaders, who literally are, uh, decided the way which streets would be one way, which streets would not be one way, what would be developed and what wouldn't. And they would meet, and they wouldn't allow anybody in who wasn't a member of the Book of the Month Club. I was working in television at the time, and we, uh, we wanted to get some of the information. We sent a reporter out, and uh, they were physically removed from the room. Huh. Uh, but those days, and when Dutch left, that's when things started to change. People uh, whose names that uh, you'd never heard of before really started to enter into politics. It's one thing about San Jose that, if you notice carefully... A big city like Chicago, there are people who are in politics all their life. Now, there are people here now that I'm sure have been residents of San Jose a long time who couldn't tell you who the first elected mayor of San Jose was, and it's not that long ago, yeah. let alone who he ran against. It was Ron James, and he ran against Bob Welch, who was a, a councilman at the time. 
Uh, there aren't there are people who don't remember that. There is not a collective memory around here, and it's one of the problems I think with identity. A few years ago, quite a few years ago, now Dr. Bruce Ogilvie, you may know him at yes. San Jose State. He used to be a consultant to the uh, 49ers, brilliant fellow, psychologist. Uh, did a study for uh, the television station I was working for to find out why people wouldn't associate themselves with local the local station. Why San Jose people insisted on listening to or San Francisco radio stations and, and San Francisco television stations. And Bruce came up with uh, this that uh, uh, people here didn't have an identity. They they don't know enough about the history of this area and what went on. And uh, uh, as a result, uh, didn't have that interest. And it's hard to, to get them into it. Harry, you know, go ahead, Harry. One of the things that San Jose has up until recently had to fight against is an inferiority complex. And they really shouldn't have an inferiority complex because this was actually the first civil settlement in California and it was set up to support... The first state capital, too. The first it? state capital, too. But long before that, it was a civil settlement set up to support the Presidio of San Francisco, which was an army camp somewhere up the road. And we were the, we were the uh, support for the whole thing. But uh, then we began to fall into the um, shadow of San Francisco, which uh, had its tremendous growth. And as recently as, uh, let's say, the about the 1960s, uh, this was quite a problem. I remember I was covering the state capitol in those days. And if anybody's been in the state capitol, they know there's a, a display window up there in the main corridor for every county of California. There's 58 of them. And so ours was, uh, well, you know, it was set up by the Chamber of Commerce with pictures of what we had here. But the slogan we had was only 50, only 45 minutes from San Francisco. If we, were, <laughs> if we weren't bragging about ourselves. We were bragging about how close we were to San Francisco. Well, now, we had many things even in those days that San Francisco didn't have, and we're getting more of them all the time. That, Not that, to knock that down, but I mean, when, when you got such a an inferiority complex that you brag about how close, close you to are to somebody else that's uh, you know that uh, some psychiatrist might that kind of relates bob wasn't isn't one of your pet peeves when they call this the south bay oh absolutely and this i think if there's ever been a put down in the world it is that now i was uh, i started in the broadcast business here in 1965 uh, through 1980 and there were no San Francisco stations interested in what happened in San Jose. Uh, secondarily, they might call you and find out whether you happen to have some film of something that happened. Never would send anybody down here. That's when they started to realize what the economic growth and the financial uh, status of this area was that they started to send people down here. And it was a perspective from San Francisco that this is the South Bay. Now, when you live in the South Bay, you don't call San Francisco the North Bay, but it was always someone sending someone to the South Bay. I grew up around here, and I know there are many, many people in Santa Clara County who have never seen the Bay, let alone, I mean, it is not as if the Bay is a hugely important part of everyone's life. It's not like Back Bay, Boston. It's not where the Bay, like Biscayne Bay, uh, is part of your life. It's not. But it was a point of reference from San Francisco, and it has stuck to the point, and it's a media-driven, created thing that... Very few people, except KCBS, refer to this as the Santa Clara County Bureau. You don't call San Francisco, if you have someone in San Francisco, you don't call them your North uh, uh, County Bureau yes. or your North Bay Bureau. Uh, and I think this is one of the things that's it's been really a put-down. And I've tried to refer to this to the Santa Clara Valley. I don't even like the Silicon Valley. Uh, this was referred to as the Valley of the Heart's Delight and for many is. years. 
Uh, and I like that. I, I realize that's a little schmaltzy now. It'll never stick. But this South Bay thing is something that has now been uh, branded on San Jose, and that's what it is. And it's hard to convince the people in Morgan Hill they're part of the South Bay. You know, they're Santa Clara County. <laughs> well, when you talk to me, you're preaching to the converted because yeah. uh, I remember being working in San Francisco television stations and thinking, I can't go clear to San Jose. Oh, that's too It used far. to be punishment duty to tell a reporter in San Francisco that he was going to San Jose. You know, you're... San Jose, you know, you're going to <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> We're going to continue our discussion about the development of San Jose and the way the uh, the area has changed here in the Santa Clara Valley. Uh, with our guests, uh, Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor of the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Hallman, KCBS morning weather and traffic expert and longtime Santa Clara Valley resident. KCBS News Time, 222. We're answering questions on the Pacific Bell business phone line. Hello. Hi. I own a small business, and I've been looking into phone systems for months now. Uh -huh. I'm really confused. In fact, I didn't realize you guys offered them. We do, except ours are designed differently. In what way? Well, with most systems, you not only have to buy the phones, but some pretty extensive hardware that you have to maintain in your office. With Pacific Bell, you don't need to. Well, how does it work, then? Well, the hardware is kept at our central office, so the system comes through your regular telephone lines. You mean I just plug my phones into the wall? It's almost that simple, yeah. <laughs> Great. Hello. You're on the air. Yes, uh, your business phone system sounds interesting, but I'm not clear. What, what am I getting if I'm not getting any hardware? You get all the features you'd expect, such as call forwarding, conference calling, and speed dialing, except that unlike other systems, ours comes through the lines from our central office. Huh. Hello. Can I have the next caller, please? At Pacific Bell, we know choosing a business phone system can be a confusing experience. So for straightforward answers about phone systems, your best call is to call on us. 1-800-PAC-BELL. Pacific Bell, a Pacific Telesis company. If you're a business traveler, American Express and TWA know you're our best customer. So you can expect we're working to give you some extras. As soon as you board TWA's business class, you'll notice the extra attention. There's someone to offer you champagne or a magazine. There's a seat with a lot of extra room so you can sleep before your meeting starts. And since we know your schedule may be extra tight, our schedule has the most non-stop coast-to-coast flights with a separate business class. Once you land, you can use the American Express card at Express Cash Machines for extra cash or traveler's checks. For extra help with travel plans and emergencies, American Express has travel service offices worldwide. And for extra help with record keeping, we give you separate copies of most charges with each monthly statement. In short, TWA and American Express are working to make travel less work, which gives you extra time to concentrate on your real work. Attention Oriental Rug Buyers. Today through Sunday at 6 p.m. at Galleria de Farsh, it's a no-sales tax sale where you can save thousands of dollars on your next Oriental rug. Yes, you heard it right. You pay no-sales tax through Sunday at 6 p.m. at Galleria de Farsh. Act now and save up to 75% on your Oriental rug and pay no-sales tax through Sunday at Galleria de Farsh. Choose from over $10 million in inventory, over 10,000 Oriental rugs in every color, size, and design. An exquisite selection of Oriental rugs from Persian antiques to Chinese silk at Savings up to 75% off. Galleria de Farge is a family business with over 106 years of wholesale buying experience, offering the lowest prices in the Bay Area because they're direct importers of Oriental rugs. There is no middleman. Take action now. The no sales tax sale ends Sunday at 6 p.m. Take the Broadway Burlingame exit one mile south of the San Francisco airport to 1199 Broadway at Galleria de Farge in Burlingame. Galleria de Farge, the place to go for Oriental rugs. Galleria de Farge, call 347 1400. It can only be San Francisco. 
America's most fun-filled weekend getaway city. And for a limited time, participating Holiday Inn hotels are making all of our good times even more attractive. Because during our Great Rates Weekend Special Program, you can enjoy Holiday Inn's hospitality any Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night for just $39, $49, or $59 per room per night. That's right. You pay only one low rate of $39, $49, or $59, whether you're traveling as a couple, with friends, or with your entire family. But our Great Rates Weekend Special Program ends May 14th, and rooms are limited, so call 1-800-HOLIDAY or your travel agent now. That's 1-800-HOLIDAY to get in on all of San Francisco's weekend fun for a fantastic price at Holiday Inn. Call now before another San Francisco Great Rates Weekend slips away. 1-800-HOLIDAY. Welcome back to Jan Black's Journal. Jan Hutchins sitting in for Jan while she's on maternity leave. I hope you're having fun wherever you are because we're having a ball here. I'm talking with Harry Farrell, former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Holman, KCBS morning weather and traffic expert. He's a longtime Santa Clara Valley resident and reporter. And uh, it's a delightful conversation we're having. If you'd like to join us, you can uh, dial us up at 800-228-KCBS. That's toll free. In fact, Russ has done so. Russ from San Jose, you're on KCBS. Yeah, hi. Bob uh, brought up the subject of... Uh Listening to, San, listening to or watching San Jose versus San Francisco stations a while ago. And as far as I'm concerned, KCBS should have never left San Jose because even still, now that they're in San Francisco, they're about the only station in the area where you can really get any local news about San Jose. The San Jose local stations don't, uh, don't provide anything. Even when it comes to the TV channels, Channel 11, Channel 36, we do our best. More than ten percent of their uh, time to local news at the very most. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I remember going through all kinds of stages in the broadcast business in San Jose, trying to solve this problem of why people wouldn't uh, watch the local stations, and it always included on some sort of cyclical uh, schedule. Uh, return to a San Francisco segment or opening a San Francisco bureau and you just ended up diluting what you were doing. So, you know, the best thing a local station can do is its its own news and its own community. That's what it's best at and that's where it is. But you're right, uh, This the KCBS started here in San, in San Jose. Yeah, KQW. yeah, it was KQW and KQW, I believe, was the first commercial station in the United States going back to around 1909 or sometime and if uh, there are people who are better authorities, but I think their studio was on the top floor of what was then the Garden City Bank building at the corner of First and, and San Fernando Street. It later became the American Trust Company in Wells Fargo. It's been torn down now. But they were here clear until uh, after World War II, and uh, then they became KCBS with a transmitter out here on the base. So... Um, there's quite a, a radio history in this city. Good. Um, I was going to try and get one more caller in, but instead we have to take a break. Um, I hope you're enjoying our discussion about the development of San Jose and the uh, Santa Clara Valley. KCBS News Time, 229. Mike Harvey's winning theme at Burlingame is making automotive history. Over a thousand new and used cars, trucks, and vans. You can choose from Chevrolet's, Oldsmobile's, Chrysler, Plymouth's, Toyota's, Acura's, and every vehicle is discounted. At Mike Harvey Oldsmobile, the all-new Cutlass Supreme with air conditioning, front-wheel drive, and fuel injection under 11.9. And the new Cutlass Sierra, less than 10,000. Miller Chevrolet's complete lineup has Camaros, Irox, Berettas. All the new full-size Chevrolet fleet-side pickups are under 9,000. 
At Mike Harvey Chrysler Plymouth, hundreds of cars, convertibles, New Yorkers, the exciting seven-passenger Plymouth Voyager with automatic and air, less than 11.9. So for complete details, see this Thursday and Sunday's Chronicle full-page ad. It's all there, but only till May 1st and only at Mike Harvey Oldsmobile, Miller Chevrolet, and Mike Harvey Chrysler Plymouth, the winning team, and all at one easy-to-find location on the Bayshore in Burlingame. So don't miss it. This is News 74, KCBS, where the News Watch never stops. I'm Paula Drake, and here's what's happening at News 74. There's a major traffic tie-up right now on eastbound 580 in the East Bay, and it's going to have major implications, I'm afraid, on the Friday afternoon commute. Let's go right now to Linda Lease at KCBS Traffic Central with the latest. Oh, Paula, we uh, don't really have anything new to say, unfortunately, but they, CHP still estimating that it will be 4 to 5 o'clock before they reopen the eastbound lanes. That is at uh, Grand Avenue in San Leandro. They are taking traffic off at Dutton. It was an injury accident involving a pickup which had a propane tank 150-gallon tank, and about half of that tank is filled. The fire department opting to let that tank run out instead of trying to remove it. And as a consequence, they expect the eastbound lanes to be closed, as I said, until 4 or 5 o'clock. Also have accidents reported 580 at 98th and uh, another one on the Nimitz northbound at 5th and Oakland. In Traffic Central, I'm Linda Lease, News 74, KCBS. All right, thank you, Linda. And to recap that first item, all lanes are closed on eastbound 580 right now at Grand in San Leandro. It's because of an overturned and ruptured propane truck. News 74's Diane Callis is on her way to the scene right now to find out just what's gone on. We haven't uh, information it might have been an injury accident. We'll keep you posted on that. In other news this afternoon, in a highly unusual move, the Federal Department of Health and Human Services released a text of remarks delivered by Health Secretary Otis Bowen to President Reagan this week, and the words were stinging. Bowen said he could no longer adhere to the administration's line of expressing optimism about the war on drugs. And in an obvious reference to Jesse Jackson, Bowen pointed out that a certain Democratic candidate for president was scoring points by talking straight about the country's drug problems, while the Republicans are, in effect, wearing rose-colored glasses. Right now, it's 63 degrees in San Francisco, 64 in Oakland, and in downtown San Jose, it's 69. KCBS News Time, 2.32. What's the best time for the best prime rib at any price? At Charlie Brown's, it's from 5 to 7, Tuesday through Saturday, and all evening long, Sunday and Monday. That's when you can dig into Charlie Brown's famous corn-fed, tender-aged, slow-roasted prime rib for only $9.95. Or you can have fresh fish. Your complete dinner includes super salad, choice of baked potato, rice, or fresh vegetables, chocolate mousse or cheesecake, and a beverage. All for just $9.95. I always eat early anyway, but I could eat Charlie Brown's prime rib anytime. To save nine bucks, I'll come here whenever they want me to. There's no other place for prime rib. Charlie Brown's is it. For the best prime rib. Prime Rib Dinner daily 5 to 7 p.m. and all evening Sunday and Monday at all Charlie Browns including San Mateo and Fisherman's Wharf for the best prime rib at any price it's Charlie Browns. Smith's quitting business sale is counting down. Due to the incredible public response any Smith store may close without notice. The tremendous inventory won't last long. You must shop now for the savings of a lifetime. You can save up to 70%. You must save at least 30% on everything. 
Men's suits, sport coats, dress and casual slacks, dress shirts, sports shirts, and much, much more. Drastic price cuts have been taken on Smith's entire inventory of 1988 spring and summer fashions. You can save up to 70%. You must save at least 30% on everything. Don't let the crowds keep you away. Don't let the savings pass you by. Shop now for the best selections. If you wait, you'll be too late. Smith's quitting business sale. Hurry before the doors close forever. Black's Journal, uh, Jan Hutchins here, sitting in for Jan while she's on maternity leave. We're broadcasting live from the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, and we're talking about the development of San Jose and the whole Santa Clara Valley. Our guests are Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor of the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Hallman, KCBS morning weather and traffic expert. You can join our discussion by calling 800-228-KCBS. Jose, from San Jose, you're on KCBS. Muy buenas tardes, amigos. Ah, bien. Mi nombre is uh, Jose, and Ciudad's San Jose. How do you like them apples? I'm loving it. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, any of you three gentlemen know who, who counts the uh, heads? The reason I ask, Channel 11 had a picture of a sign on a freeway that showed the population of San Jose at 737,400. If that's correct, that population is greater than the city and county of San Francisco, according to the 1980 census. Who counts the heads? And uh, what is the present the population of SF? That doesn't surprise you, does it, that uh, San Jose would be bigger? Go ahead. Either of you guys know? Well, I think that every 10 years, the Bureau of the Census counts the Yeah, heads. the normal stuff. And in between, it's the State Department of Finance, because a lot of the um, uh, distribution of state taxes, particularly the automobile taxes and so on, is, de is decided by on a population basis. So they have to have a pretty well-updated... A figure on that because things change so much between uh, uh, the 10-year censuses. But generally speaking, the latest figure probably at this point in a decade comes from the uh, uh, State Department of, Finan of Finance. Harry, you worked for the Mercury News for years, and uh, it, it was, once the Book of the Month Club was out of power, the main influence in the area, wasn't it? How has how the Mercury News uh, exercised its power? Well, the Mercury News has exercised its power uh, in, in many ways. Um, I think there's been some changes over the years. Joe Ritter, the publisher of the Mercury from about 1952 to uh, the late, um, the middle 70s, was um, a member of the Book of the Month Club. The Book of the Month Club was a group of... Uh, largely made up of power brokers but they were many of them were contractors they, they would sponsor a campaign for uh, a bond issue to build roads well then uh, the bond issue would pass they put up the money to pass it then many of them would get the contracts to build the roads uh, Joe was a great booster for the area for growth in the area and the paper is still a booster for the area but I think the the uh, Emphasis has changed. Uh, when uh, the paper is not uh, is no longer an automatic booster for everything that would uh, uh, make the area bigger. Uh, there are those there are that type of changes, but uh, it's um, still. I mean, any newspaper is going to be a booster for its area. Well, they, they had such a lock on the situation down here that it was you know they they were the really the only newspaper. You had the Palo Alto Times. 
in the northern portion of the county, but you have the Mercury News down here. And the story that I remember being in sort of a competing media to show you what kind of strength the paper had and what what they would push and what they wanted to get through was San Jose was anxious to get anything. This is before Silicon Valley. Give me a business. We had IBM, and for years, IBM was the last major business to move into Santa Clara County. Well, we wanted anything. We wanted growth. Swift was coming to San Jose. The, uh, the big meat company. Mm-hmm. They were going to build what they called a meatpacking plant. At this time, the Mercury News was downtown and just moving out to where they are now in Ritter Park Drive. They didn't want that plant because it was going to be out near their new facility. Uh-huh. And as a matter of fact, they would be downwind of this facility. <laughs> now, Swift called it a meatpacking house. Harry Farrell got that corrected very quickly because every story referenced to that facility after that point called it a slaughterhouse, which really it was. <laughs> and there was an elaborate trip to go visit another Swift facility someplace. But Harry spearheaded this drive, and suddenly there appeared this homeowners organization that was fighting. Now, I'm trying to cover the story, and, and uh, you know, we're looking for this, and the, the city is anxious to attract it, but, gee, it's hard to, you know, go against all these people who are going to live out there. I'd like Harry to pick up the story there and tell me, because at the time, I kept trying to get hold of this homeowners association. I'd like to go visit them and, uh, and you know, go to one of their meetings and see what was going on. What well, was the homeowners that, association, <laughs> Mr. Farrell? At that time, I lived out... <laughs> I think you just named me the president of it. Uh, well, uh, that's how I got moved into it. And I sort of, uh, I had a meeting that weekend, I think, in my garage of uh, 10 or 12 of my neighbors. And we went out. We thought the thing to do was immediately to legitimatize the thing. And we went out and got 315 signatures on a petition against the meat plant that weekend. And uh, it took off from there. And then homeowners organizations all over the county Check began coming in. This was probably the most popular campaign that the Mercury News ever ran because nobody wanted that that slaughterhouse. I was going to say meatpacking plant. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> careful about that. Let's uh, take one call before we have another break. Mike in San Francisco, you're on KCBS. Mike in San Francisco is not on KCBS, but KCBS Newstime is 2.40. The number one Buick Regal dealer west of the Rockies is Putnam Buick here in Burlingame, and we're number one because we sell in volume. It's as simple as that. For instance, we now have about 50 of the all-new 88 Regal Limiteds available here with a special SD package, and all 50 have been discounted a total of $2,375 from the manufacturer's suggested price. The factory's given $1,025, and we're giving you $1,350, so you subtract $2,375 from the factory sticker price. Now, here's an example. We got about a dozen, all priced at just $13,999 after discount, plus tax license and dock fee. All have the powerful fuel-injected V6 engine, air conditioning, power windows, power door locks, six-way power seat, trunk release, tilt wheel, cruise control, AM-FM stereo cassette, and more. Plus, aluminum-styled wheels and a beautiful leather interior, all for just $13,999. There's still immediate delivery on a wide selection of these remarkable new Regals. So take your wife or husband, your pink slip and checkbook to Putnam Buick Isuzu in Burlingame and really save. Offer ends May 11th. KCBS Newstime 241. We've been telling you about a massive problem we're having right now. If you're headed out of San Francisco with all the details, we go to Linda Lease in KCBS Traffic Central. And we don't have good news, unfortunately. Eastbound lanes of 580 still closed at Grand in San Leandro. That due to a pickup truck that was carrying propane... uh, 
during an accident, the propane tank ruptured, and uh, the fire department deciding to let that propane tank uh, leak itself out. It's about a 150-gallon tank with 75 gallons left, and they say it will be 4 to 5 o'clock before they are able to open up those eastbound lanes. You can take 880 to 238 instead, or they will take you off at Dutton. There's quite a big backup, we understand. In Traffic Central, I'm Linda Lease, News 74, KCBS. Here's Dick and Pat Van Patten for Jiffy Lube. Pat, you know why more people than ever are bringing their cars to Jiffy Lube for oil changes? Is it the advertising? That's just part of it. The big reasons are J-Team service and quality Pennzoil protection. Listen. We change the oil with Pennzoil and replace the filter. We lube the chassis, check your wiper blades, and air filter. We fill all these fluids. Transmission, brake, battery, differential, power steering, and windshield washer. We wash your windows, vacuum your interior, and inflate your tires. And I'm the one who gets in and out fast in 10 minutes. Yes, sir. For your next oil change, with quality Pennzoil, see the team you can trust. The J-Team. 40,000 drivers a day trust their cars to Jiffy Lube 14-point service. That's a lot of oil. And a lot of trust. Welcome to Jiffy Lube. We'll take care of you like family. Save time and money at a Jiffy Lube near you in Sunnyvale, San Carlos, Concord, Castro Valley, San Bruno, and now open in Berkeley at University and 8th. You know, that would be a welcome sound now for anyone living in the Bay Area. But your enthusiasm might be dampened a little if you're not really ready for the rain. And all that comes with it, like a leaking roof. If you've been putting off, putting on that new roof, or having that old one repaired, you should talk to a licensed, fully insured roofing contractor today. Because frankly, during the dry season, it's easier to make roofing replacements or repairs. And more important to you, it's easier on your pocketbook. So call the office of the Associated Roofing Contractors of the Bay Area Counties at 635-8800. That's 635-8800. We'll give you the names of nearby licensed and fully insured professional roofing contractors who, incidentally, guarantee their work. And we'll give you something else, a free pamphlet of roofing tips from the experts. So, you can save now on preparing for that rainy day. Back to Jan Black's Journal. I'm Jan Hutchins sitting in for Jan while she's on maternity leave. Our guests are Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Hallman, the KCBS morning weather and traffic expert. We're talking about the development of the South Bay, and joining us is Perry from Placerville. You're on KCBS. Hi. Uh, uh, one comment is that I really uh, lament uh, the fact that Bob Hallman can no longer broadcast uh, his, his weather uh, from by looking out the window at the cows and the horses as he did in the old times. <laughs> I agree. I, I lament that sometimes myself. <laughs> and um, also that uh, the answer to the, one of the previous questions is the Population Research Unit at the State Department of Finance. It does intersensual work. Uh, I used to work there. And finally, the question. I attended uh, both San Jose State and Stanford in the early and mid-60s. And the smog used to back up from the fiberglass plant on down into San Jose. How bad is it now, and what has occurred climatically since I left? Well, I remember that. I, I was flying an airplane and doing traffic reports when the Owens Corning fiberglass plant used to, you know, you'd take off and all of a sudden you'd be IFR on instruments at the end of the runway. And uh, I, I can remember going away to college in 1960, and I don't remember smog in the Santa Clara Valley. And when I came back, it was here. Uh, we've improved in a lot of ways over the years. The air quality has actually gotten better. I remember many, many 
uh, summer afternoons when I was flying traffic reports back in the 60s that I couldn't fly because the visibility would be so bad from air pollution. So the visible pollutants I know have cl uh, cleared up somewhat. Uh, we're the, uh, in this terrible basin down here where everything, uh, the prevailing winds are from the northwest, so whatever is produced upwind from us, we get, and it backs up, hits the hills down here, and we have big concentrations of it. Uh, practically the same thing happens over in the Livermore Valley. But uh, it, it has gotten better, uh, at least in my way of thinking. I know the visibilities have improved considerably. Uh, I had just all kinds of fears that this was going to turn into a Los Angeles. And I guess the air quality people around here have uh, a lot to, uh, to uh, really uh, uh, be thanked for, for what they were able to do. But that uh, I remember the fiberglass plant on its own produced enough uh, smoke and pollutants. When you take off through it, you could smell it. Uh, you couldn't see. And uh, uh, when the, they, they cleaned that operation up, it seemed to make a big difference. Mark in San Francisco, you're on KCBS. Well, I was just wondering if you'd be interested in a reminiscence about 30 seconds of a guy who used to be an announcer on KQW. Please, sir. <laughs> I'll tell you how, how fond we were of the fact that the transmitter was in San Jose. The station breaks always used to be KQW, and then you darn near whisper San Jose and build <laughs> up serving the San Francisco Bay Area with studios in the Palace Hotel. Yeah. In those days, the announced staff consisted of Joe Walters, Paul Avery, or Paul Ware, Bob Jarrett, and one Don Mosley was news manager for a long time. He came in a little bit later. Uh, but he's the only member of the staff, I think, that was back in the old Palace Hotel studios. Uh, I don't know if uh, the exact years you're talking about. Pre-World War II. Well, was, was that the time when you had two towers down, down in San Jose? One of them was... You know, I never uh, was, got the transmitter, the, so I can't really answer you. Well, I stayed uh, pretty much around the studios at the Palace. Well, well, the original studios in San Jose, going back to the 30s and early 40s, the transmitter was right downtown. There were two towers, one of which was took off from the front door of the First Baptist Church. I mean, it was it was there instead of instead of a steeple. They had a tower of KQW, and on the other end of the block was the other tower. Now, I don't remember exactly when that ended, but the transmitter later moved out on the bay someplace. I'll tell you who can confirm that is a fellow named Gordon Greb, who is at the uh, San Jose State Journalism Department, and he's making a career of trying to establish that KQW predated uh, KDKI, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm commercial station of the country. Yeah. That's my contribution. Time is running out on you guys, I know, so I'll leave you alone. Thank you, sir. You betcha. Okay. Uh, Janica, I'd like to bring something up, yeah. too, we, we, that really never even surfaced a... Uh, uh, here until, oh, I guess it was on the uh, 40th anniversary that uh, of the lynching in San Jose that took place in 1933. Uh, if San Jose ever had a black market, it was that incident. was the may have been the last lynching and hanging. Lynching is actually the act of taking somebody uh, from custody than the hanging of two people involved in the murder. Uh, I did a TV story on it on the anniversary, and it was sent down to Duncan O'Neill's office to explain try to explain to him why we were bringing this up again but it's a fascinating story bears a lot on the history of this area and the county and the people who were there many of them were the power brokers later and the politicians when did this happen 1933 right harry and harry farrell is in the process of writing a book on it and uh, i think it's gonna be one of the most interesting books ever written uh <coughs> this whole thing uh took place in 17 days in november of 1933 from the time that brookhart who was the son of the Hart's department store family here was kidnapped until his kidnappers, who were both local men, were lynched in St. James Park. And um, it was um, certainly the um, biggest 
story that ever uh, appeared in San Jose. An interesting thing is that, you know, every year um, the Associated Press picks its 10 biggest stories of the year. This is 1933. The heart kidnapping and the lynching was number six. And number nine was the coming to power of Hitler in Germany. That's amazing. But uh, there was a movie made about it, a B-movie based on this story, and it just wasn't talked about. And it's amazing the lack of collective memory of the people who were there as to who was there, who did what. Well, there were about, depending on what paper you read, there were from 3,000 to 20,000 people there. Many of them still alive, but none of them will ever tell anybody any other name of anyone else they saw in that park that night. There's still a little... A little uh, feeling, conspiracy to cover it up. We'll continue our discussion of the growth of San Jose after our business editor Don Wiegant reports from the Pacific Stock Exchange, KCBS Newstime, 250. Thank you, Jan. Industrial's down 9, 2032, but the entire market had a beautiful turnaround here. Beautiful if you're long, that is. Not so good if you're short, I suppose. Advances ahead, 735 to 728. What were they down when I left for the Commonwealth lunch? Down 10 to 4 and came back and uh, finished just barely to the upside. Volume 135 million seven. Transportation's up 180. And utilities plus point twenty four. In the news here, lower earnings for budget rent-a-car. Remember, Transamerica owned this company. They spun it off. It's now on its own. And the first report out or second is not quite that good. Great Western Financial, that's Great Western Savings and Loan, raising the dividend 16 cents per share per year. Stock unchanged at 13 and a half. Bonds and bond futures were flat to up slightly. The dollar firm in New York City, the Deutsche Mark 188, the N124.70, just a little shade below the 125 level there. And we had gold down 90 cents, 451.70, and silver down about two at 645. Real quickly, I'd like to wish all the best to Charlie Serafin, the news director here at KCBS, and a great friend and the best in the business. And he's got a tremendous promotion as vice president and general manager of the CBS FM station in L.A., KNXFM. We wish him and his entire family all the best. Recapping, Dow down 9 at 2032 at the Pacific Stock Exchange. Don Wiegand, News 74, KCBS. Tomorrow only, Emporium Capwell takes all notions of what a 12-hour sale is and blasts them away. For 12 big hours, find incredible savings store-wide. Fashions to furniture, accessories, electronics, and more. Plus, for the first three hours, 9 a.m. till noon, you'll find special savings, like 50% off famous American designer women's sportswear, 40% off men's Oxford cloth dress shirts from Neil Martin, and 30% off all Mrs. dress shoes, and there's more. Shop the 12-hour sale at Emporium Capwell and save. Hi, I'm Jerry Graham. This Sunday, have a map and marker handy as we take you on a special trip on the back roads to Los Angeles. Each year, millions of people travel between the Bay Area and L.A., seldom seeing what's in between. I'll show you a route I bet you don't know about, and it's filled with great scenery and roadside surprises. So join me for a special edition, Back Roads to Los Angeles, Sunday at 6 on Channel 4. If you're driving a 1983 Toyota, Nissan, or Honda, you'll be interested in what I have to say. Research says after five years, you should be thinking about replacing your car. The bad news is, I hope you have a yen for surprises. Yes, a yen. Lots of them. Because the same publications who told us how good a value imports were are now telling us they're not. But they are reporting some fantastic news about the all-new Buick Regal. Its new look, its famous Buick power, and above all, its value-packed low-sticker price of $12,749.
And right now, Buick is offering super value option packages that can save you up to $1,050. Now, if that's not enough, Buick's offering more. One million yen to a lucky person who test drives a Regal before May 11. Values like this don't last forever, so hurry. See your participating Northern California Buick dealer for details. Price quoted excludes tax, license, and dealer documentary fees, if any. Offer expires May 11th, open to licensed drivers over 21. No test drive required to enter. Welcome back to Jan Black's Journal. We're talking about uh, the development of San Jose with Harry Farrell, a former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury, and Bob Holman, the KCBS morning weather and traffic expert and longtime Santa Clara Valley resident and reporter. Bob, you were here, both of you actually, during the development of the whole high-tech and Silicon Valley industry. Um, it developed probably obviously because of Stanford and... Stanford certainly had a big part of it. Of course, the Hewlett Packard story and Varian Associates. I, re I can remember when Varian was in one little building uh, right off the El Camino in Palo Alto. And, uh, of course, the, you know, a, 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 an area that really doesn't get enough attention is the, the impact that Moffett Field, the Naval Air Station Moffett Field had. It's a separate community. You know, it's almost another city. There's 100,000 people. There are 100,000 people that rely on Moffett Field, either active duty or retired. And there were a lot of military people who came out here, saw the Santa Clara Valley, liked it, who were Annapolis grads, college people that moved out here and moved into that uh, military-industrial complex, sort of. And when uh, when the, the Holt Houses sold the famous, their, their cow facility out there and it became Lockheed, things just started to grow. And and it was, it was, it was almost an overnight thing, the way it happened. You know, uh, people that uh, I had never heard of before <laughs> were all of a sudden coming in uh, with the capital and the and uh, things just uh, grew. Just Things just went amazingly out of control. It was almost like an out-of-control situation. And everything changed. The politics changed. Everything changed. Just almost overnight. New types of people, new types of thinking. We went from the orchard culture, what we call the or orchard culture, to this uh, high-tech culture. Uh, just in a, in a very sweeping change. and uh, For the better of the community? Well, the impact of trying to handle it, I think, has been a, a real problem. The, the tremendous growth of the price of houses. Who can afford to, to, to buy a house around here anymore? Uh, you have to have an astronomical uh, uh, salary. You know, I don't think you could say it's for the better or the worse. It's a different kind of community. There, there are people who like to uh, reminisce about the old days and how good it was when we had nothing but blankets of of, uh, of orchard blossoms from one to, from the hills on one side to the other, and that was great. But I think that today we've got things going too that is, that has made that have made this valley uh, one of the key spots in the whole United States and in the world in technology, and that's good too. It's a different kind of thing. One last uh, comment after this break. KCBS News Time, two fifty-six. They are coming. Ah. Hear them. They have come from a distant planet. They have arrived in Kansas. They are less than a foot high, spindly, almost like a vertical porcupine. They are critters. A television premiere tonight at 8 on Channel 2. They look cute, even cuddly. But they are a deadly invading army of furballs. They attack without provocation. They kill with lethal injections through their poisonous quills. They have arrived. And this sure doesn't look like Kansas anymore. They are coming. They are growing. They want Earth. They want us dead. They are critters. A television premiere tonight at 8 on Channel 2. Save yourself. You have been warned. The critters are coming. I can see them now. They're getting closer. It's... She vowed to rule her island. Her lust for power was insatiable. Barbara Carrera stars in the true story of Emma, Queen of the South Seas, a world premiere Monday night at 8, only on Channel 2. 
Honey, look what came in the mail. The electric bill? No, silly. Read this postcard from Ted and Nancy. Having a fabulous time at the Outrigger Reef Hotel on the beach at Waikiki. Oh, I wish we could go back to the reef. Outrigger Hotels has a special offer. Rates from just $60 a night. Are you sure? Two people in a beachfront hotel for only $60? This is the best time to visit Hawaii. The weather is great in the spring, and we can cash in those airline mileage coupons we've earned. Let's call Outrigger now. Aloha, Outrigger Hotels Hawaii. Napua speaking. Napua, we heard about the special spring rates at the Outrigger Reef. We've reduced all rates at the Outrigger Reef by 25% between now and June 30th. Rates start at $60 for standard rooms. Ocean view rooms are just $90. There's no better time to enjoy the beach at Waikiki. This special Outrigger Reef Hotel offer expires June 30th. See your travel agent or call 1-800-367-5170. 1-800-367-5170. Outrigger Hotels Hawaii, where value stays in style. Welcome back to Jan Black's Journal. We don't really have much time to do anything but uh, thank our guests who are Harry Farrell, former political writer and editor at the San Jose Mercury. Harry has written several books, uh, San Jose and other famous places, and um, he's also involved in uh, writing a book about that famous hanging you may have heard us talk about earlier. And then Bob Hallman, KCBS morning weather and traffic expert, longtime Santa Clara Valley resident and reporter who you hear regularly on KCBS, so uh, you'll see hear him soon. Uh, also to Lena Broido and the staff at the San Jose Fairmont hotel here to our producer Andrew Finlayson and Charlotte Lance back at the studio to those making this remote work Shingo Kamada and Jim Colton of course we thank you for listening and joining us with your call we'd like to thank the San Jose Historical Museum Association for preserving this audio file remember to follow the news vault from KCBS radio on social media on Facebook we're at news vault podcast on Twitter find us at news vault SF on Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.